next guest has been a professional hairstylist for over 20 years, with the vast majority of those years spent being self-employed and running her own salons. In 2015, she ventured to establish her own unique brand, Hello Hair, with the intention of franchising by converting containers into hair salons. In this time, she has also established two of her own products as part of her brand offering with a third in the making. Now, five years later, she has a large and loyal customer base situated in the heart of Four Ways Johannesburg, where she strives to provide a personal and memorable experience for everyone walking through the doors. Welcome, Tamsin Reynolds. Thank you for having me. So, so as an entrepreneur and as a businessman, my, my, you know, I want to have conversation with you because I think the first thing that I just want to, what I found very interesting is, and people might miss this on your website or even when we speak about it, when you speak about owning your own salon, salons to going towards a brand. And that's a big step, um, you know, saying that I'm going to establish a, uh, a company, um, it's going to be a particular location, but I want to make it a brand. What was your thinking there? Why did you do that? So I think it was sparked from the idea that my uncle um, actually had a big franchise salon chain in the Free State called Mason Costa. So I grew up in awe of what they'd done. So for me, it always stuck in my head that, you know, success meant multiple of, <laughs> you know, multiple of one thing yeah. um, to define, you know, that you've done really well for yourself if you've created one and copy and paste it and recreated that same magic in another in it, another setting. Let's call it that. Yeah, I mean, not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, and especially it's, not with a service business. You know, you have to be so hands-on. Um, I, I speak yeah. from exact experience. Uh, you know, it's a very challenging thing. Um, so now I see, you know, you've got Hello Hair, uh, Hello Nails, and Hello Pillow, and I think people would be surprised as to why that, but I think it will make sense in a minute. But at some mm -hmm. stage and at some reason, just give us a little bit of reason as to you know, you're taking all of this on now. You want a franchise. You want established brands. Where did it all come? from um, not just from where you sort of picked up the idea of why you wanted to franchise but what drives you in the morning when you wake up as to why you want to run this particular or a business so if we go back to the core of, of me and who I am I think I've always been an entrepreneur at heart since I was very young um, I saw an opportunity and, and tried to make something of it and and there was generally a way to monetize so my youngest experience was, for example, I had two giant peanut trees in the garden and I would throw up sticks, knock down the nuts, put them in a little plastic bag, wrap them with cellophane ribbon and sell them at school. Or I would go and buy ice lollies, you know, affordably from the green grocer and then sell them with a bit of a markup at sports days in my cooler box. And so for me, it's always been a bit of an exciting thing to kind of see where there's opportunity and create something from it. And that's what drives me, actually. It's almost like not to make too light of it because it also, you know, obviously you know the ups and downs, but it actually really feeds me on a, that's kind of where I play. When I'm innovating, when I'm creating, that's when I'm in my flow and my happy space. So, so obviously that is where it kind of, you know, where it derives from. Well, you said create. Um, so is that part of the reason why you chose this particular industry here? Um, and it comes with a very personal service. So do you have, uh, you know, both sides of that's very difficult to do always? Yes, it is. And I think, again, I molded 
my footsteps in hairstyling um, a lot on my family's way. My aunt was the one who was trained under my uncle who took me under her wing and trained me. Um, so hairdressing, again, I saw it as, you know, my aunt had a very successful hair salon. And as a young girl, I watched her run a business and balance family life um, in what looked like a very good way. And I decided that looked like a, a good opportunity. So we could say she was kind of a mentor to me. Um, it was only after, you know, becoming a stylist and then eventually running my own businesses that I started to realize that my passion really came in the brand building, in building the um, the name, the culture, the products, who we stand for, what defines us, what are USPs. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where the creativity and the service come in is the fact that I'm not just a stylist, i.e. I just stand there all day doing hair, the fact that I get to do hair, get to you know work on a very ground personal level with my customers, but then also feed that creative need of mine of what's new, what's next, how can I develop my brand moving forward. You know, hair, when you just sit there, and, and that's exactly what we try to sort of uncover in brands and stuff when you say cutting hair. You know, it's not just cutting hair, especially to the people sitting there. There's a feeling that comes with it afterwards, and yeah. it's almost like a shower. You know, um, mm-hmm. halfway through the day mm-hmm. when you're really feeling tired, you jump into a pool or you get to have a shower. It's that same mm-hmm. sort of thing and it's it's extremely personal. And op- one way to obviously grow your business is to expand your offering. And you're quite wide in your offering. So it's almost in one way because, I mean, you come from hustle days. Um, and, you know, now you would call that na- uh, hustle, you know, uh, when it was us, I'm sure it was just entrepreneurship. Now mm-hmm. you've transitioned into this wide offering. Um isn't it a little bit trying to be everything to everyone and how's that worked and has it worked for your business? So I would safely say um, probably not. I think you certainly compensate you know, on one when you're focusing on the other. Um, there's a lot of times where I'm, I'm a very busy hairstylist so I have an amazing customer base which means I'm, I'm booked in advance. I haven't actually taken new customers for a while but I'm currently feeding my new stylist who's fantastic and um so yeah you know with that means all the other things take a real back seat i.e on my one day or for months i kind of run around and you know create a direct whichever product launch i want to do or or i work during the evening so obviously that takes away being from energy um as is the age-old struggle you know being a mom who also has a business who's also trying to promote products who's also trying to work in her salon who's also trying to so for sure I don't think you can do it all and and in fact I think at you know kind of the cost to myself is I you know I've treated it as an athlete baby hello hey um to the point I think that I I kind of didn't let go soon enough and train someone up um underneath me in that role so that I freed myself to to work on the business a bit more um, but I, 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 as you say, I mean, I take it so personally. I mean, my clients are, you know, I have a relationship to them. I feel so, you know, I'm learning to wean myself off. <laughs> let's, let's call it that. So here you are, 2020 comes in and uh, we've got the pandemic on top of that. We've got um, probably uh, uh, relevant to say uh, a, a very 
dysfunctional government uh, to add towards mm. that, regulations that stop you and prevent you from doing business, something that's always been, um, you know, uh, uh, at the forefront of, of hairdressers and, and hairstylists is where, you know, hygiene and how all of that is man- handled in, in, in uh, st- uh, studios. So how's mm. the time been and how do you still sound so relatively positive? Um, I think, you know, just as an individual, um, I've kind of had to survive a lot <laughs> in my life. So, in fact, I operate quite quite well from the space of uncertainty and, and what to do and, and staying afloat. So I kind of find my groove at times like this. And I, I actually had tapped into tremendous inspiration um, as a result of having had time to reflect and think of what's next for me and trying to take, you know, aspects of what I've learned so far and, and determine where I'd like to place them for the future. So business-wise, you know, from an economical perspective, obviously the impact of closing my salon doors for three months was tremendous. Yeah. Um, thank goodness, you know, I managed to get tours for my staff. As we know, that's just a drop in the ocean, yeah. but it was something. Uh, applied for all the grants and naturally, I say naturally, I just, you know, yeah. I think I shared the same sentiment as you when I'm not feeling particularly supported by any government initiatives. So uh, that didn't come through for me. So I had to, as I say, think outside the box on ways to keep afloat. Um, it was also an absolute priority for me to educate my clients throughout that time, keep completely connected to them. And I, you know, I adjusted to going onto video and, and keeping in close contact with people, keeping my brand presence, you know, afloat. Um, and then obviously when we reopened, just really reinstating the fact that, you know, I had me back and I was very vigilant about the protocols that I introduced. Um, in fact, I created a sub-brand called Hello Again, where I actually launched um, salon protocol, I mean salon safety gear for specifically for salon owners, um, which which I kind of just missed the boat. Yeah. At, um, because I launched it kind of as the president said, oh, by the way, you can open yes. like at midnight yeah. without very little warning. Yeah, and then so, it was out there already. <laughs> there was out there. But anyway, so so that's how I've survived. I've survived by thinking outside the box, by keeping um, a close eye and connection to my customers and ensuring them that, you know, I'm really, I have the absolute safety at heart and they know that. They, they know that I'm, I wouldn't put them at risk. Well, you know, normally I'd say this more towards the end, but I mean, it, it's very brave, um, Damson. And, uh, you know, if, if I think back about all the women we've spoken to on podcasts and all the business owners, you know, it sort of just went over me and with Tammy also on the, on the line that it's, they so, women are so strong in this particular time. And if I think about how they spoke and how inspiring it was and how they've adapted, we've also got family, uh, women businesses that's also has adapted over the current time. And how they still manage to see, you know, some, uh, it's courageous. Um, and I really am very grateful that there's still entrepreneurs like you that's willing to stand up in the morning and get going and do what we need to do. And it's not all, it's in, in fact, most of the time it's not easy to, especially now. Um, so it's very brave and I commend you on that. Um, and also the connectedness you had to your staff 
to have that presence of mind and, and it's probably the why you're doing so well because your service is so attentive and that also goes to the people that you employ and it's part of the value chain that we always speak about here about you know when you go and sit down and have a haircut um, you know let me put it as simple as that you know what they mm. people don't always understand is that there's products that get sold they um that's people that's got logistics it's manufacturing people they employ people um you know um every time you use a product or a, a coat to put over us uh, there's a manufacturing and a value chain uh, behind it so you always yes, think yes. that your impact is is not so wide but it's in, incredible and especially if you look at independent businesses the pool that they have together is so um um needed and um in our economy and i'm just extremely grateful and it's not always possible to do that that there's so much bravery on this particular subject at the moment and getting on to that uh, as part of the mistakes that to me make because the more i speak to you you've got so much to offer and, and if people listen to this and men or women that's starting a business doesn't matter in what industry it is and when you're thinking of brand and where to expand into and it's a fantastic uh, foundation to listen to and i want to then ask you you know some of the mistakes that you've made because we learn in life and you know whether it's in kids and in the mistakes that we make we learn the most and it stays with us the longest and we don't want to make it a show that it's about that we want to put it in a positive light um so yeah. you've invested money in manufacturing product and and it's been a rough ride tell us a little bit yeah. about that yeah so um Let's just say I I saw what I you know I perceived as being a gap again in the market something that I came across overseas um, that that kind of seemed like a no brainer and why hadn't I seen it um, everywhere in South Africa and amidst my excitement and, and naturally I ran it past a couple people and everyone kind of said oh that's that's amazing um, and in my enthusiasm I. You know, there's no better way to say it than I completely got ahead of my, completely got ahead of myself, and ordered tons of said items, <laughs> um, thinking, you know, and this is going to be, the, you know, the way of the future. Um, however, I didn't take the time yet, and, and I've learned since then, you know, that I almost want to refer to the um, analogy of the bamboo, whereby you've got to kind of, you know, they plant that seed. Um, and it only comes to fruition seven years later, I think it is, or six years later, yeah. where that bamboo shoots up. It's like something ridiculous. Flipping like, oh, I think it's like 60 meters in a short space of time. And the whole theory is if the, the ground hadn't first been ready, it wouldn't have sustained the growth. So all I can say is I think I shot up too fast. I hadn't really done my homework. I hadn't educated people first on the product. Um, but, you know, this is all teething. I never came out of business school. I never had the opportunity to even rub, brush shoulders with someone who'd ever created their own product from scratch before. I just, you know, I used my initiative and I moved forward. And as I say, um, I actually haven't given up. So I've actually just launched a campaign today on that same product, my first digital campaign, which I'm very excited about. I've re redone packaging and... You know, so I'm still here. I'm still hanging in despite <laughs> initial disappointment. <laughs> Not <no> letting go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you, um, you, you just, in the last three summaries, what you said there, 
people are going to pick up so much about that uh, where they understand where research and you know what's your sort of you know what market are you representing your product to is there a share for it how adaptive or receptive would they be to it and sometimes it saves us a lot in the future but lesson learned I hope it wasn't too expensive so you you wanted to start a second store I you know relate to this I, you know it's incredibly difficult to grow a business based on people you know pro- technology as an example when I, in telecommunications you just grow it by technology it normally requires more salespeople, which then goes into mm-hmm. more operations people it's a simpler close process um, because everybody sort of have a focus on what they need to do but I also find mm-hmm. that in a service business and especially if you're the face of your business once you wanted mm-hmm. to grow it people want that face um, everywhere mm-hmm. um, almost in every mm-hmm. interaction and uh, you know in, in, in the best of intent um, when I speak to mm. you know, people in the beauty industry it's very similar there with the best of intent everybody feels comfortable with them I am unfortunately the same you know I get mm. comfortable with somebody especially in that industry and then I want to see them so now you want to grow your business um, mm. tell me about that challenge with that in mind exactly as you mentioned and I think you know it comes to mind actually your you know coming to country meet for the first time as well you know, you guys were quite hands-on there. And then you you scaled, obviously, and you were spending time at all your stores. And I think your customer, they, they do they miss the face of the business. You know, it's not just meat. It's that hello, that I know you, yeah. that what will it be today? So I think we've, we've all, it's all proven, you know, that owner-run businesses um, are more successful. So leaving it in the hands of capable staff is ideal. I think that requires a hell of a lot of training and mentoring. And that is where I, again, kind of went wrong, is that I was, as I say, a very busy hairstylist myself and um, tried to scale the business relying on, you know, the brand reputation and thinking that the fact that it was actually the second store I opened was in the same center as my first store, thinking that, you know, if there's any issues, at least I'm right there. But it really was a runaround. I literally, when I was in the one store, clients would say to me, Pam, you know, the other store's not the same when you're not there. Then I'd go to that store. Then the staff would say, Pam, you know, the staff aren't like this when you're not here. And so actually, I think it was too close to comfort. The fact that they knew I was there actually turned into a bigger problem than, than I realized, firstly. And secondly, the fact that, you know, client base in my area were used to me I think was another issue as well because it wasn't really my reputation that carried across, it was my absence that was felt. So that was another lesson for me is, you know, if you if you were to open a second store, it would need to be something I would have time for to carefully pick, you know, new staff members or existing staff members that have worked alongside me, preferably, and kind of plant them in another location um, with, you know, kind of the understanding of how Hello here operates and grow from there, having you know to carve out time to to do that and step away from behind the chair. So you know I think that is a challenge for a lot of business owners is how do I make another one of these when I'm not going to be there? 
Yeah, and I think for in, you know, if you look at the, uh, the big brands, they make it look easy. And listen, it's not easy, but mm-hmm. they've got such yeah. scalability with also human and, and cash flow and and huge amount yeah. of access to money. Mm-hmm. You know, so they can wait for longer returns of their profits and etc. So they put people in place. But it is possible in, in in that format, and that's why we also find it so important, Tamsa, to highlight the people that's within your business and what we sometimes yeah. do, and it's uh, so that clients get to know them really for who they are. Because I think people need to go in a mindset like small businesses need to grow you know and we need to mm-hmm. go with a different support mindset you know these brilliant mm-hmm. all of us are brilliant people you know you just mm-hmm. happen to be the founder and the face of it and that's where some of the comfort is and as long as we can transfer and that's a responsibility on top of the responsibilities or emotional responsibilities we carry is that we have to be able to empower others that work around us mm-hmm. that help mm-hmm. our brands when other people interact with them and I think it is possible but it's always a lot mm-hmm. more challenging with small business in mind where you have to work in your business and then at the same time on it and with limited cash flow and resources and you don't have access to all the digital stuff and the technology and etc anyway it's 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 challenging and i really commend you for where you are now but very importantly for the mindset because if you're in the mindset that you are you will have the ability to see a way out a a way forward and have clear clarity of mind as much as we can because i don't think it's possible to have full clarity of mind at the moment that Mm. there's a mindset to go forward and take the business forward and the clients that supported you over all these years you know incredible and i'm just so grateful on your behalf you know and every Mm. time we do that and thank you also for ensuring that you don't just serve a role as a as a selfish business owner for your own um, enrichment but it you've got such a heart for the business the products and the brands and everything that stands under it and i really want people to go and have a look because there's such a wide offering that you offer um, it's men it's women it's children you know it's all sorts of products you know the pillow as as a complete interesting one i saw the pillow or hello pillow was mm-hmm. that it it's it, it's good for your hair or it suits your hair and i thought it was brilliant i first thought what would that do with hair? And now Tamsin has literally lost the plot, but then when I read it, it made sense. <laughs> exactly that. That's hence the, you know, needs a bit of education. Yes. Um, to, and I think the, to highlight the keyword, it's beauty, not bedding. Yes, okay. Gotcha. During a time like this of uncertainty, yes. uh, was so important. And, and just something I wanted to add that popped to mind while you were chatting is that... Um, it's interesting for me because I'm finding freedom in that space of uncertainty where, you know, I'm, I'm pursuing words like um, possibility rather than things like opportunity. Um, where, where something like a word like possibility leaves room for the unknown. What could happen? What, what could happen next? And now what? as opposed to this will happen and this should happen and I want that to happen. So, you know, I think this experience of COVID having removed all my certainty has certainly, you know, given me, yeah, it's, it's softened the edges on what I've deemed to be possible and practical. And, you know, so I think I'm just softening my approach and I'm finding that in that approach, I'm actually being more open to new possibilities, which I think will attract opportunity rather than diving down the rabbit hole to chase it, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And I tell you, possibility to opportunity. And I know exactly what you mean that. And let me show you that I'm not joking when I say that. You know, opportunity mm-hmm. is more of a selfish, in, you know, it's got a, let's say, a 
Uh, it's like a masculine yes. almost connotation. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, or you something know, you seek out. Not correct. to say that's a bad no, thing. I mean, no, 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 not at all. No, of course. Of, of, you know, possibility feels almost slightly more playful. Yeah. Um, not so. You know, you must. It's kind of like, well, what now? Yeah. It, it, it will have similar outcomes, but with a very mm. different mindset. It will have a very different um, sustainability to it. Um, mm. I think if you approach it in those two ways, and and you know, as a moment between us, I tell you, I I I'm just amazed, and Tammy will understand why I say this uh, very well. About if I just sit here with how how women are just so clear on things at the moment, where we are, you know, when somebody says something, then I go, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking, but I don't know how to say it. Um, and when mm. you now in in this particular time with three months of closing your business, which you know, I haven't even gone through, and I can just imagine you still sit mm. and, and know what is the next step. And, and I think that's what I want people to really buy into here, that next time that they sit down with you or next time they, or they're moving into the area and they're looking for people, you know, this is a whole different way um, of, at, of, of, of engaging with people and then more importantly the brands and the labels behind them. Um, and I really mm. am exceptionally grateful, and I learned a different side of you today. So I'm very okay. grateful and, and thank you very much um, for coming on and and I'm sure people are really going to enjoy this. Sometimes you you kind of feel that the that that ground you know is is understood from from both sides in different ways. So that's great from both of you. A big thank you. Thank you for inviting me on the show and obviously an opportunity to speak to any you know South African business owner or, or business owner in general at this time. If any of what any either of us has said has added a little bit of value, um, well, that's what we're here for right now, right? Well, thank you very much, um, Tamsin. Okay. And Tammy, I don't, I don't know if this is the moment we say to her that the, where do we send the 10,000 invoice to, Tamsin? <laughs> <laughs>